2: Hello there and welcome to So I Got To Thinking, the weekly podcast where we take the iconic questions of Sex and the City's Carrie Bradshaw and ask if they're still relevant for the 21st century. You're listening to fucking slut Juno Dawson and you fucking whore Dylan
3: B. Jones.
2: Um, Hi Dylan. Hi Juno. How is isolation treating you?
3: It's all right, I'm sitting at my... Table, My dining, well, dining room makes it sound a bit grand. It's not, it's just the table that's in like my one living space and my
0: flat.
3: (laughs) Yeah, sitting here feeling good about things. Feeling more positive at the moment. How are you?
2: Fine, again. So again, if as you can probably ascertain, Dylan and I have continued to record from within um, coronavirus lockdown, which is why it doesn't sound perhaps as slick as it might normally. And yeah, I think I'm kind of resigned to it now this has weirdly become the new normal
3: yeah and also i don't know how things will be dated by the time this episode comes out but as things stand now things are the tides start of sort of starting to turn a little bit i think fingers crossed Um, yeah
2: we hope by the time you're hearing this hopefully things in the united kingdom have started to get a little bit better and that's all we can that's all we can hope for but one thing that is keeping me sane is continuing to record so I got to thinking
3: yes so we're on episode seven the chicken dance
2: that's what I love this one I always have done
3: yeah I this is one of my favorite ones so far I think
2: really do you want to give us your little synopsis
3: yeah, and it's interesting that it's one of my favourites because nothing major happens in it, it but no. it's, just really, it's just really well made and really well written, I think. Mm. So the four ladies, um, the main event in this episode is a wedding. Um, the, the
2: wedding of Jeremy and Madeline.
3: Yes, Madeline Dunn, Miranda's um, interior designer, who is played by Elizabeth Preston, who I love.
2: Has she been in other things?
3: Yeah, she's in um, True Blood. And... Yes,
2: she... Oh my gosh, I didn't recognise her.
3: Yeah, she's very different. She's red, a redhead in True yes.
2: Blood. Oh my God, yes.
3: Yeah, and she's in The Good Wife as well. Oh, I've never um, seen The Good Wife. Yeah, so she's really good. And she's so funny. She always plays the this kind of same character, like slightly naive and slightly kind of, slightly annoying kind of character. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's great. I think she's really funny. Although Um, I think
2: we need to stress that both Jeremy and Madeline are awful and therefore equally suited to
3: each other. (laughs) Yeah, so annoying. I mean,
2: I think honestly, Miranda has
3: dodged a bullet. (laughs) Miranda's busy this week. She also, as well as having her apartment designed by Madeline, she has her friend, from The Economist, um, Mm -hmm. Jeremy, um, staying with her while he's in New York from London. And Jeremy, Miranda has designs on Jeremy, but Jeremy and Madeline fall for each other um, while Miranda sits between them looking pissed off with a glass (laughs) of wine, which I I love. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. And amazingly, Uh, within seven days, they decide to get married, which leads us to Carrie's question, is it still possible to believe in love at first sight?
3: hmm Yeah. What do you Uh, think,
2: Dylan? Do you believe in love at first sight?
3: No, (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, no, I don't think so. And it's interesting in um, the Vox the Vox Pops are back for a I know out of nowhere.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: It's interesting in the set of Vox Pops. There is a guy who says um, love at the concept of love at first sight is too flaky for New York, and I kind of think that applies to modern times and to city living as well. Still, I think that it's too no one believes in love at first sight these days do they well
2: you say that dylan so let's have (laughs) a story from juna's life so i won't name my friend because i've not asked him in advance but he's a gay guy i think you probably know him as well because he's like one of those kind of like scene scene gays who goes out a lot and he met a guy like and had two or three dates before lockdown And for whatever reason, they decided to go into lockdown together and they have, they've been like featured in like, I think they were in BuzzFeed and stuff because they literally had like three days (laughs) and then now they are madly in love. So maybe love at first sight does exist. Although I confess I'm with Mr. Big on this one. I think I believe in lust at first sight, but not necessarily love at first sight.
3: Oh, completely. Yeah. Um, I do love lust at first sight, though. Like, there's nothing better than when you see someone across the bar and you're like, oh, my God. Mm.
2: And I do, I was talking about this with Max last night. Apparently, there is some statistic whereby you know within seven seconds of meeting someone whether or not you want to have sex with them.
3: Oh, I would say it's shorter than that. For you. (laughs) For me. me. (laughs) Uh, I would say, like maybe 0.5 of a second
2: <laughs> <laughs> i don't i've never put a time on it but i think when you meet someone it kind of is quite binary and you either fancy them or you don't mm. sometimes once in a blue moon when you spend time with someone you start to see them in a different light
3: yeah i find that really interesting that's only ever happened to me once and it hits you like a train, doesn't
2: it? Yeah, so it's, and I think, I'm trying to think of precise examples, but there's definitely been people, and I think it's a lot to do with sense of humour, whereby someone can really get under your skin when they are hilarious, I think.
3: Yeah, completely. Um, for me, I I said this in one of the other, other episodes as well, for me it's confidence, Yeah. 100%. Um, but I actually had that that incident with one of my friends years ago, um he'll know who he is if he's listening um we 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 were just like really and still are like good friends and we um one time years ago we went to covent garden and ate at a restaurant and then came out of the restaurant after like a bottle of wine and snow was falling and a snowdrop falled on my eyelash and he like picked the snowdrop off my eyelash and we just looked at each other for a second and it was this moment where it was like oh my god and then and then the moment passed and that was that.
2: Oh my god, that's so cool. Can I have that for a YA novel, please?
3: It, well, it's quite Richard Curtis, isn't it? <laughs> it is a
2: little bit Richard Curtis, but that's going in the next Juno Dawson novel. Speaking of oh, which, yeah, have it. please do pre-order Wonderland by Juno Dawson, <gasps> which is out yes. on May the 28th. Just let's start plugging that now.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, am I allowed to say what it is?
2: Yes, of course. Yeah.
3: It's a, a, a trans retelling of Alice in Wonderland. Is that how you would put it?
2: Yeah, Alice in Wonderland meets Skins or Euphoria is how I would describe it. But I wanted to take a very sort of iconic children's character and make her trans. She's 17 in the novel, but I kind of want readers to still accept her as Alice the way that you would accept any other version of Alice Mm. as Alice, kind of. Mm. That's fab. Back on track. Back to Sex in the City. Jeremy and Madeline, they announce their engagement very, very quickly. Um, They have this going away slash engagement party for Jeremy and that leads us to Samantha's plotline.
3: So firstly, I love it. So Samantha meets a guy at the sort of outside the engagement party i love that scene when they're all sitting on the steps with like Uh their drinks and cigarettes like i love it the most when they kind of act a bit like delinquents, sort of (laughs) like teenagers and it's brilliant um and what is the line samantha says i actually wrote it down um, oh was it
2: I was about to leave because there weren't any handsome <laughs> men but it looked like the tide is turning
3: yes yes that was it um, and then proceeds to go off with him and then mid coitus <laughs> realises that she slept with him before
2: <laughs> which I can't I can't say that's ever happened to me
3: it's not happened to me either I have and this is this I think is a much more easy mistake to make I have like been messaging people on grinder before uh-huh. and they've been like oh we've actually met up before when I've been like oh uh, what's your story blah 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 they've been like oh we've met up before but that's different because it's usually been like they've had a faceless or like they haven't had their face in their picture or something oh
2: okay that's understandable if people have not yeah. put their faces on their grinders then what do you I mean expect? what
3: yeah exactly
2: um, so this sends Samantha into a bit of an existential crisis in that she <laughs> declares that she has to leave New York because she's run out of men to fuck
3: <laughs> and I love when she's drunk at the bar and that nice guy starts talking to her and she's like oh we probably fine. <laughs> like, no, I think I know you from college. <laughs> we fucked. <laughs> um, deja fuck.
2: The deja fuck, yeah. yeah. And so the the whole thing culminates four weeks later. So somehow Madeline manages, and as, as someone who has tried to plan a wedding this year, um, again, coronavirus derailed that plan. But mm. um, how Madeline plans a wedding at the Plaza in four weeks Oh my
3: god, it's ridiculous. anyone's guess. I mean, I guess she's supposed to be like a sort of cosmopolitan, well-connected person. But still, like, so are you. And there's no way you would have been able to, no. like, plan a wedding in a month.
2: At the plus, I mean, um, possibly it's in, like, January or February. One of, like, I the, the fall months for weddings. I
3: possibly. mean, yeah. Um, I think part of the reason this episode's so good is because it captures, like, weddings so well, I think. Like sort of people, people like sitting around like a slightly awkward speech with a couple of bad jokes. Mm-hmm. Um That guy, the guy Charlotte gets with <laughs> is, is so horrible. Oh, I
2: think he's quite hot.
3: <laughs> I know he's sexy. Yeah. yeah. But he's got, for me, he's got big, like big, to me, he had kind of big Tory gay energy. <gasps> yes. or
2: oh, <laughs> do you know, for me, similar school rugby team.
3: Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, like,
2: like he would have bullied you, would... you, but you wanted to have sex with him.
3: Yeah, and like, you would have slept with him because he's hot, but then you would have, afterwards, you would have said to yourself, I really need to love myself more. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I have, I think this this episode really nails how weddings, if it's not your wedding... It can be the bane of your life, and of oh course, my God. there's this huge part of you that really wants to celebrate the love that your friends have found. But on the other hand, oh dear God, there can be a chore, and I'm very mindful of that as I mm. plan my <laughs> wedding. I was kind of like, like, I'm not going to have a Hindu in Ibiza. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to have a dress code. You know, kind of. I'm trying to make my friends not hate me as I plan my <laughs> wedding, particularly my poor bridesmaids.
3: Hey, I think it would be quite camp if you like chose horrible bridesmaids'
1: dresses. No, I've been the same as
2: Madeline. I am letting them choose their own dresses around a theme. So I've told uh. them it has to be in like an earth tone, which okay. we, we're going for like quite sort of chill autumnal vibes kind of.
3: Okay, I get that. Mm. Speaking of um, speaking of dresses, I adored the styling in this episode. <gasps> Charlotte's bridesmaid's dress is beautiful. I would wear yeah, that. And... I would wear that now. Yeah, and I really loved um, Carrie's look at the engagement party. I love when they put her in like the gypsy dress crop top combo. Like, mm-hmm. I love that kind of sil- silhouette.
2: <laughs> Actually, her costumes throughout were lovely. Um, I think the one she wears to the wedding has oh, been com- It's been compared to mummy's bandages.
0: Right, <laughs> I, I thought love it, was stunning. it. I think it's stunning, yeah.
2: and I like the, the the one she wears at cocktails as well. I think she's wearing Chris, um, Dolce and Gabbana at the mm. when they have their kind of cocktails and everybody bitches and moans about the forthcoming wedding. Um I think all of Carrie's. In fact, I think we'd reached the stage now where Patricia Fields was nailing it week on week on week. Yeah, and um, much yeah. more so than in season one, where they were, I think, kind of still figuring it out
3: did she dress do you know if she dressed all of them just did all of it
2: it was patricia and her sister whose name i've forgotten which is really bad but patricia and the fields sisters dressed all four characters which is how they came to have such defined looks Mm. um for the four women and they knew very instinctively whether something was on character or not
3: yeah, I was listening to a podcast about um, *The Devil Wears Prada* the other day, uh-huh. and um, they brought up the fact that Patricia Field was the stylist on that, which <gasps> makes to- which she? makes total yeah, it makes total sense, doesn't it? When you know,
2: I think we should take a little break there. Do yeah. join us again after these sharp messages. hello there and welcome back this season on so i got to thinking we are being very kindly sponsored by my good friends at brighton gin an independent gin distillery in brighton who are currently making hand sanitizer to help in the ongoing coronavirus crisis um and this week dylan we are going to be enjoying a delicious Mm. um pink gin iced tea Mm. Which I think is going to be really good for if you have a little outside space, a little garden. Yeah,
3: it's definitely one for a hot day, isn't Mm -hmm.
2: it? What you're going to do is, and this is where it already gets amazing, you are going to brew a chamomile tea bag with 500 millilitres of boiling water, steep for two or three minutes, remove the bag and leave it to cool. Pour this into a large... um, Jug with your pink Brighton gin, rum, elderflower cordial, and juice. Stir and ice. Then add thyme sprigs and stir again before serving over ice. Lovely, delicious. Tea and gin,
3: nom. What? What could be? Uh, that? What could be? Better, and also what could be more British?
2: I was just about to say, it is quintessentially British.
3: Um, so
2: let's, let's get to the wedding. So we, we, four weeks later, and we arrive at the wedding at the plaza. Um, yeah. shall, we, shall we deal with Charlotte first? <laughs> yeah. This wedding, it, love... it really brings out the worst in all of them.
3: <laughs> well, I love when they're sitting around beforehand, and Charlotte's like, this time people are going to look at me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so she turns up wearing quite a sexy bridesmaid dress as discussed
3: yeah. yeah and yeah proceeds to have a very uh whirlwind romance with one of the grooms grooms groomsman the groom martin,
2: martin healy
3: yes martin healy sexy yeah as we said before sexy but bad news mm-hmm. um,
2: She, she and shags then, him.
3: yeah she shags him then gets sexually assaulted by his dad <laughs> and then well and yeah then, um, and then um he gaslights her basically and then which i think she takes it all pretty much like she kind of is annoyed but she's certainly not like traumatized or anything she's just like oh well you blah blah like she's she's not actually that bothered really
2: (laughs) do the last four hours mean nothing to you
3: that was the line yeah i mean charlotte's basically charlotte's just having a bit of fun this week isn't she (laughs) yeah
2: i mean she's intoxicated by the sight of a honeymoon suite what can we say? Um, And I mean, would I have had wedding sex with Martin Healy? Probably. Have you ever had sex at a wedding, Dylan?
3: No, I want to though. Oh wait, I have, yeah. (gasps)
2: Whose wedding did you have sex at and with whom?
3: (laughs) It was with Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) At one of his friend's weddings that was in a hotel. So... <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I love you so much.
3: Um, I
2: almost did. Right. And my friend knows about this. Oh, my God. I once almost tried to have sex with one of the groomsmen.
3: <laughs> I, like, tried to.
2: <laughs> well, basically, this was a wedding where they had a free bar and they were serving cocktails.
3: Oh, wow. And yeah.
2: this was pre-transition. Mm. And... You know when there is that sort of straight man who always just seems a little bit too keen to ask you questions about your life as a gay man?
0: Oh, yeah. Are
2: they being politely curious or are they being bi curious what's Um,
3: always a sure sign is that old chestnut where they say like oh i'm so jealous of gay men it's so easy for mm -hmm. them to have sex with with grinder and blah 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 like then you know that there's some other kind of there's something going on under the surface
2: (laughs) well i was one cocktail away from suggesting it basically but luckily my friends could see that I was in no fit state <laughs> and politely suggested it might be time to go home. So, no, I've never had sex at a wedding. Mm. Maybe I'll um, have sex at my wedding. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I was going to ask you about... Because she asks Carrie to do a reading... Because Mm. Carrie's a writer. Have you ever had this?
2: I have. In fact, at that wedding, I did. (laughs) I wrote something um, and it went down quite well. And actually... The difference here is that Carrie didn't know Madeleine very well. This was a very close friend who came to me and said, I want you to be involved in my wedding in a really meaningful way. Nice, Would you consider yeah. writing something and then reading it? And, and I did. And I like to think it was something that meant a lot to her. And I think I wrote a poem and she has now got it framed in her house. So...
3: Yeah, it was very nice of Carrie not to tell Madeleine to fuck off because like... She had never met before. Like, they hadn't met before, had they? And then Madeline was just like, oh, I'm a fan of your column. Can you do a reading at my wedding?
2: Dylan, may I do a performance reading of Carrie's poem? Absolutely. Okay, I wrote it down, especially. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wedding Poem by Carrie Bradshaw. (laughs) His hello was the end of her endings. Her laugh was the first step down the aisle his hand would be hers to hold forever his forever was as simple as her smile he said she was what was missing she said instantly she knew she was a question to be answered and his answer was i do Um,
3: So crap.
2: I mean, the fact that that took her four weeks to write.
3: Carrie, come on now. But yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like, it did feel a bit out of order for Madeline to to like, just ask her though to do it. I don't know.
2: There's a lot wrong with it. I mean, rhyming poetry is not my favourite to begin with. Um, (laughs) I honestly... I'm inclined to go with Mr. Biggs,
3: Love Glove Dove Shove. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, the dancing frogs. (laughs) (laughs) So on on
2: top of everything, Madeline gives Miranda horrible furniture.
3: (laughs) And then Miranda gifts them back to her, which is amazing. Which is
2: perfect, yeah. Um,
3: Um, This episode was written and directed by women.
2: Amazing.
3: Which is probably why it's so good.
2: Yeah, and why it feels everything rings true. Even the ridiculous moments have a sense of truth. And actually, I was going to say, Carrie's crisis this week, on first glance, could be quite trivial. But actually, that would bug the shit out of me. So Carrie's trauma this week comes from the fact that Big won't sign his name on the wedding card. Which isn't a big thing, but given that this is a man who historically cannot commit to carry, I can see why she would be frustrated by that. I guess we would now call it a microaggression.
3: Yeah. And he also, I totally felt her frustration with him. Like he was being perfectly civil at the wedding while mm. also making it very obvious that he didn't want to be there, which is really annoying behavior. Like it pisses me off when like people I know do that.
2: And again, it's that thing, it's the mix signals. Um, you know, so he comes to the wedding, great. I mean, he could have refused to go to the wedding, I guess. Yeah. He goes to the wedding, but then he leaves to take a phone call. He gives her a toothbrush head, but then he won't sign his name. Yes. Yeah. You can see why Carrie would be frustrated. As, as trivial as they are in isolation, this is part of a much bigger problem with Mr. Big, which is he's difficult to pin down.
3: Yeah. Oh, God, I think that's the first time we've ever said... That we understand Carrie's frustration. <laughs> mm. And it's interesting um,
2: because, yeah, because sometimes her bullshit is just so... is bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> um, but this week, yeah, it, again, it takes me back to my own Mr. Big in my 20s, which mm. was, it. everything felt like it was sort of one step forward, two steps back the whole time. And I guess why they call it the chicken dance.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: because the title's never actually addressed, which, again, I quite like. It leaves you to draw your own conclusions of what The Chicken dance means. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I'm actually... I've had my own ex- various manifestations of, of Carrie's experiences with, you know, men and with romantic relationships and with friends. Mm. And I actually really hate that kind of... I'm just realising now. I really hate that kind of behaviour. Like, if someone behaves like that with me in, like, a social situation... I would react actually stronger than Carrie. And I would say, look, if you're not fucking enjoying it, go home. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, no, yeah. There I have
2: it. no time for mopers, no time yeah. for sulkers. Absolutely not. That's one of the reasons why my relationship with Max does work, which mm. is we don't have an awful lot of mixed signals. You know, it's right. kind of right from the day one, Max was able to communicate with me in an in an adult way and and so I always knew where I stood and when I got into my 30s I started to realize you know we all have wants and needs something that I need in a relationship is clarity
3: yeah yeah absolutely and that's what Carrie and Big Need and don't get for a good few years yet
2: <laughs> well not really until the, the, we we have another five seasons of mixed <laughs> yeah. messages unfortunately from mr big so but that's yeah. again that's carrie's journey isn't it um, um
3: my favorite quote from this episode which i wrote down is samantha saying i have to start writing things down i also st- have to start drinking heavily <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah um Oh, she was so good in this episode. And that's oh, was yeah. an example of where you can do Samantha being Samantha, but without it being really high concept and silly. Yeah. Um, you know, last week she was having her pubes shaved into a lightning bolt. And <laughs> this week, you, you can kind of see where she's coming from, which is, dear God, have I run out of men to fuck.
3: Again, and it's gay men writing it versus women writing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when gay yeah. men write it, Samantha's getting her pubes shaved into a lightning bolt by a personal trainer. Like, <laughs> um, yeah.
2: And so the whole the whole thing rang true, and I quite like as well that like when Carrie blurs up at Mr. Big, she isn't. Can you remember that one where she was sloshing martinis around his apartment? <laughs> yeah. You know, she's just kind of like you know, I just want somebody to be with me until the end. Of a wedding, yeah. and you kind of sympathise because it sounds ludicrous, but you kind of get where she's coming from.
0: Yeah, completely. and then when
2: he's like, "Fine, let's let's go dance," and you're like, yeah.
3: "Oh, okay." Yeah, a really interesting episode this week. In a way, quite quite a chill episode. It's quite kind of understated, isn't it, compared to a lot of other episodes.
2: It is, and we've we've all been to bad weddings, so I think. Straight away setting. And it was, I mean, the other one that had similar vibes was the baby shower. Um, yeah. Whereby I think we can all put them in a situation like that and just drop them down and see how they react to it.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. A solid four out of five scrunchies, I think.
2: Oh, do you think I'm, I would potentially go so far as to give this one five?
3: Yeah, I could, mm. I could be persuaded. To, there's nothing wrong with it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Let's do five then
2: um next week we have a notable arrival it's steve brady's first week in town oh my god oh week,
3: steve as Do you know a... i always out of their main squeezes i always fancied steve the most oh no 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 not for me <laughs>
2: um i think in a world with aiden shaw
3: um... oh mm, yeah actually yeah that's true okay, not We're right, right for carrie of... but right We're for both... me you and I are both kind of dating quite sort of Aidan Shaw type men, aren't we, at the moment? Oh, fully. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: so next week we'll be watching Season 2, Episode 8, The Man, The Myth, The Viagra. The Viagra.
3: <laughs> what a title.
2: Until then, do follow us at Sigert Podcast, S-I-G-T-T Podcast, on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Juno Dawson.
3: And I'm at Dylan B. Jones, LDM.
2: And please do get in touch and let us know, do you, dear listener, believe in love at first sight? Are Dylan yeah. and I just too cynical for it? But have you witnessed it or experienced it yourself? Until next week, <laughs> bye-bye.
3: Bye.